everybody. We are back recording our uh, next episode. And this is the season of the woman. And we are here to interview Evangelist Freddie. This episode, we already know that she's interviewed me. And now I'm going to interview her um, because <laughs> we feel like, you know, that we have stories that we can share yeah, with the world, with other women to encourage, yes. inspire and motivate them. Um, with regards to their call, you know, their gifts and their mm -hmm. talents. And mm -hmm. we know that women walk around fearful, shy, mm -hmm. you know, have um, apprehensions um, and not sure. Mm -hmm. um, and because Freddie is one who appears so sure of who she is and I'm who shy. God has called her to be, um, it's just appropriate that we uh, interview her this episode. Oh, so how do you Lord. feel, Evangelist Freddie? <laughs> I feel great. I do. I feel um I feel encouraged. I feel inspired today. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome, yes. awesome. So I'm sure a lot of people want to know one, how we became friends. So okay, yeah. Question. I know I there can. are a lot of people who have that question. So we're gonna just put it out put there. Put that out there a little yes. bit. Okay, so I met Elder Stacy um, a few years ago. I was attending um, your church for um, um, an event. I think it was like a Monday, Thursday or something. It was like a service. And I met the pastor and the bishop. And, you know, it was just such a beautiful service. Um, and then, of course, I was planning my first <laughs> community service event to honor female veterans. And that was so nerve-wracking. And thank God for the connections. Um, sister was like, oh, I know a church you could use. And she suggested your home church. And I said, oh, I just need to visit, blah, blah, blah. So in the process of everything, Elder Stacy, you were selling t-shirts. Oh. And, you know, just talking. And if you ever met Elder face-to-face, -face, you would know that she's just a, hey, how you doing? Chill. You know, Philadelphia chill attitude, Philly girl. And, you know, just me, I'm always, I've never met a stranger type personality. So um, talking to her and I wanted her to sell t-shirts at my event, at the thing, but scheduling didn't happen. And then just in the process of going to fellowship at the church, mm -hmm. I actually um, noticed that she started Wait, but she had trainers and she was doing all this exercise stuff. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I need. I said, like, well, you know what? Maybe I'll reach out. Living in Delaware, I didn't have anybody. I didn't know anybody, just my husband and I moved. I didn't have any friends, relatives. I just moved. So I met people along the way and I was like, well, maybe she can help. Maybe I can join one of her classes. So I think we ended up connecting a little bit. And um, your pastor asked me to preach at a church in Delaware, Dover, Middletown, a church, because she couldn't do it. And then, of course, um, we had connected, and the Lord had blessed the altar. It was a good service. We had a good time. And um, then we had connected, had lunch, and that was it. And ever since then, I knew there was something in her. <laughs> it just had to come out. And in the process of it all, it just, again, I want the best. I decided to be her personal cheerleader, support her wherever she could, pushing her like, come on, Elder, we can do it. Let's do this. And here we are. Um, what a 
I guess a kitchen table conversation, radio show, prayer call, and she is doing that powerfully, honey. Check her out on Clubhouse. And I wanted to have a talk show. So together we end up with the podcast and here we are. Unplugged. Church edition. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was a wonderful experience how mm-hmm. God connected us. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll just say, too, that I was looking for a mentor and I respected and admired the God um, and the anointing um, on her life and the God that was in her. Oh, that's that's she. Yep. Um, so let's take it back a little bit even before that. Um, okay. You say how you got to Delaware. How did you get to Delaware? Oh, crying. No. <laughs> Um, I was, I'm from Baltimore, Maryland, uh, home of the Ravens. And I had a, a rough situation going home. I was stressed. I do this to be open. I was very overwhelmed with a lot of life. You know, when you're the person that, um, everyone's used to going to, to help resolve stuff and you didn't get a break. Like your professional career is to help. You know, I was a residential counselor. I managed managers, but residential for people with developmental disabilities, which was 24 hours. You know, you didn't get a real break because even during the day, you still had situations. You had to fires to put out at night. You may have a fire. So I didn't get a break. My home life was very um, overwhelming. I had, um, you know, relatives that were living with me and it was just, I didn't get a break. And I think even ministry has started to wear on me because, you know, again, when you're that go-to person, a lot of women probably can understand you're constantly the family anchor or, you know, family just, you know, know that you can, yeah, you know, that person and you don't mind because you love your family. You want the best for everyone. But after a certain time, I think it gets on you a little wear you out. And so my um, fiance at the time was like, okay, I see you. You really, you know, I started having migraine attacks. I started feeling like, like I was going to therapy, you know, and he said, you know, we need a fresh start, both of us. And he was like uh, South Jersey. I was like, mm. I was actually thinking about back Dover and Midpoint was there, Delaware. And again, we packed up, didn't have no family, <laughs> didn't have like a plan. We just packed up, packed up the truck and came to Delaware. Wow. And honestly, I can say that was God's will mm-hmm. because um, life, I'm not saying it's been like perfect, like, you know, ups and downs happen, right. but God has shown out so much mm. so much it was a lot though but it was so when like, you guys when you guys moved to delaware you had no clue where you were going to move so you just packed up we i mean we went to look for like places to stay but um work so, i didn't have i was still working in maryland at the time trance you know going back and forth for a couple of months and then you know we took chance like okay you get the job here then i'll hold it and then you got you know so back and forth so um it was a lot again fearful. You talk about, I think I was depressed when I moved because first of all, I didn't drive anywhere. I didn't know how to (laughs) go anywhere. He drove every time we left the house. So I didn't know where anything was. And I remember one day I was like, I'm leaving. I'm going out, get my space, getting some air. And I went to Walgreens because I didn't know where to go. (laughs) I didn't have anything, you know, to do. So that's what happened. And again, God really, I mean, 
just been blessed with spiritual coverings and everything. Okay, wonderful. Getting back to that. So spiritual coverings. Yes. So when you guys got here, did you immediately find the church? How long did it take you to find the um, church? I think it took, well, my husband plays the organ. So he was able to find a church in Wilmington to play um, that really just welcomed us in as a covering, you know, for right now. And again, I was still actually doing ministry back in Baltimore. So, so were you already, you were already an ordained minister? I was already ordained and minister. Tell us, when did you become an ordained minister? At what age? And tell us how long have you been preaching? I started my first in, well, initial back in the day was trial sermon. Um, but my initial sermon was seven years old in North Kinston, North Carolina. And it's happened with like 250 people. They all these old people, you know, they on the big stage. And I was like, oh, Lord. And I remember my mother having a white dress with a little dually on my head. And I had a white handkerchief. And you could see me doing the handkerchief like that. And that's when I started. Oh. So it's been. So did your mother see that that calling in your life that you God had called you to be a preacher or she actually said that the Lord had called she had all her children. My mother has always been a, a leader leader. Like I pray to be 10 percent of what she has wow. started. Awesome. Um, like she would make us fast on Saturdays to break us into learning how to fast. Like don't mm -hmm. eat anything at 12 o'clock. And I'm six years old, five years old, like wow. what? trying to teach us how mm -hmm. to pray. We all get around a little altar and she would make us get testimony. They're just teaching us mm -hmm. how to talk, so how to pray, how to just grooming us. And um, I remember the night she said, somebody has been called to preach out of here. Now, years later, literally all of her children are ordained ministers, but she said that. And for some reason I was like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then later I'm sitting here like, what did I just say? Why did I say that? But I do remember when she was pregnant with me, she said that was the first time she spoke in tongues, honey. So she has been, hmm. Mm, so she was, she, was, she was filled with the Holy Ghost, honey, okay. when that was came along. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's how that started and ended up in. Um, so you were a John the Baptist in your mom's <laughs> belly. <laughs> Yes. Okay. <laughs> praise the Lord. Okay. So as you grew older now, were you, even though you were saved, you preached your initial sermon at a young, a very young age. Mm -hmm. Um, how did that play out in your life over your teenage years up until your <laughs> young adult life? I didn't want it. Elder, I did not. When I got older and understood that you can't like growing up like that, it was a responsibility that you had that others didn't have. And when you had a mother who was very much like, you can't do that because you're a preacher or you can't go there because you're a preacher and you're 13, 14, wanting to, you know, go to the, you had like kitty discos back then or, you know, certain nights was like certain junior nights. It's like, you're a preacher, you can't. And that's when it really hit me that, wow, what have I signed up for? Mm. And when you're young, now this is me, you know, when you're young and you have to be the mature one all the time, mm -hmm. it gets to be like, you got to do the right thing. You have to do the right thing. You have to do the right so thing. It was, it was a lot of pressure. Very much so. To live holy and sanctified. Yes. Okay. At that age. Yes. Right. At that age. So when did you come into your own? When did you learn how to have a <laughs> relationship? Years, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> When did you learn how to have a relationship with God on your own? Uh, no God for yourself. 
Um, I remember to the point where you fell when you fell in love with God to the point where you say, "Okay, God, I'm accepting this call, um, and I want to, you know, speak for you. I want to be your mouthpiece." Sad to say, um, I was in my early twenties. I had just came back from college. I was had got my own little apartment, washing clothes, you know, doing my own little young adult life. And I was in the laundromat parking lot reading my Bible, John chapter three. Judge Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be mm. born again. And for some reason, now, if you ever grew up in church, I know you mentioned that, you know, you went, but you did. Right. When I, you grow up in church and your mother's a Sunday school teacher and your grandmother's a preacher and your aunt's a preacher and your cousins and uncles and everybody preacher, you go visit. Everybody come to house preachers. I literally thought everybody was saved down North Carolina when I would visit. They would come and preach in your living room. I mean, elevate, clap their hands in your living room. And I'm just sitting here like, oh, my God. So when you have that, you really don't have that born again experience. Like you remember the date. I remember that Wednesday night, May the 14th. I don't I didn't have that. But I do remember that night in the parking lot where the Bible came alive to me. Mm. And when you understand being born again is born from up above mm. and a whole translation happened in my life where I never was the same because my mindset understood mm, that my life, that my life had to change. Not that I was so far left. That's right. when I was so far right. But that born again understanding and knowledge and experience happened, and that's when it was like, mm, that's let's do this. Let's do it. And you said yes for real. I said yes for real. Okay. Yes. And you said, God, I'm going to live for you. Sold yeah. out. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. So who ordained you? My grandmother. Okay. Uh, overseer at Gate the Kittrell. Uh, I remember sitting down, ordained, licensed, all that great stuff. Okay, praise the Lord. And so after you got ordained, how did you feel about, uh, you know, still, you were still young. I was very young when I got ordained. Exactly. So do you feel like because you have been saved basically all your life (laughs) (laughs) and you didn't have any experiences where you partied or those experiences that's what I was saying I was I was a young adult when I really made that commitment because when I went to college Delaware State go Hornets um put that plug in there (laughs) I realized I missed out on a lot so I had um you know drinking hanging out partying didn't want to come home on weekends because it was a party every weekend honey at the MLK student center um hanging out met people off campus going to DC for the whole spring break I was just enjoying everything that I thought I missed so I had that balance I did get a chance to you know, do young so adult stuff kind of stuff. a little bit outside of the will of God and outside <laughs> yes. of Christ, being a Christian. So that was great. That yes, was I great. Do. So so you have, you can minister to people from a place of experience. Knowing Absolutely. how, you know, because you haven't been totally like sold out for God all no. your life. So you can minister from a place of, look, I know where you've been because you have a ministry. It's, you, you know, you have a ministry. You have several ministries to tell oh, you the truth. Lord. Um, so I want you to 
tell us about, you know, a few of your ministries because okay. you have a lot going on, you know, as a fierce, fabulous, you know, <sighs> holy, sanctified <laughs> um, woman of God. Amen. Amen. And, um, you're also married. I am. And can you tell us how long you've been married? I've been married for seven years. This December will be eight. Okay. Praise God. Yes. Now, how, how has anything changed for you with regards to your ministry after you got married or, um, I, I think my, I would say my ministry got better in the fact of God led me to somebody who could help me in ministry kind of in the way of, um, yes, do this or, you know, that and also it definitely helps when you're going through spiritually to have somebody to be able to understand spiritually. So okay. it got better a little bit for me. Praise God, that's awesome. So tell us um about um your your young women's ministry. You have a young yeah, so I have ministry. a young women's ministry birth a few years ago. Got I tried to put it on a back burner. God said, like, bring it back out. Um, it's called Young Ladies Living in Liberty. And we literally travel to different ministry churches, um, community centers, wherever anyone pretty much asks us. And what we do is it's like an interactive Bible study, which we help young women to ultimately understand to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And I think it's more about teaching relationship. I don't know, have a pat. I'm not a pastor, not trying to pastor. So it's not me coming to try to steal members. It's more helping your young women be better members, really, because the more we have that relationship with Christ, the better member, wife, mother, whoever I can be. So yeah, I that's think it's a great ministry that you have. Oh, 18 and over, though. I don't right. do with the young people. Yeah. So, yeah, tell, tell us about the ages that you minister to, the women, the young women you minister to. Yes. Well, the target age is 18 to like 36. I remember being that age mm-hmm. and I didn't have like that big sister connect because at that age you're you're old enough to make very grown decisions but that transition from being under that covering as a mom dad or whoever taking care of you to your own adulthood and understanding who you are mm-hmm. the person I was at 20 I definitely wasn't at 30 and 30 I wasn't even 30 person at 36 mm-hmm. and God knows at 40 something I'm not the same person so helping somebody to understand that transition I pray I can just make an impact to help them be further along than I was so they don't have to. And everybody has their journey. But if you have somebody that can understand, it helps along the way. Okay. Also, we're talking about, um, you know, this is the season of the women. God is um, moving a lot of women to the forefront mm-hmm. um, in um, not just the church, but yes. even in the world yes. um, and even in our own homes. You know, uh, a lot of us, you know. As being wise, we you know we're we're called to be helpmeets, you know, mm-hmm. and in the church and the old church because we're living in a new church, y'all. Not just um, because of the pandemic, but we are in the twenty first, you know, yeah. um, century, okay. you know, and we have to do ministry yeah. as such. So you know, in the old church, they taught us to be as a wife, you have to be submissive to your husband. Help us, Lord. You know exactly. So um, now God is not saying that God doesn't want us to be submissive, but being submissive looked different in the 21st century church than it did in the old church. Okay. And and because so, um, you know, there's people that'll say, you know, women shouldn't. It's still you still yeah. have people that say women shouldn't preach. Yes. Um, you know, women shouldn't teach, mm-hmm. and you know, all this and all of that, but 
they never you never hear them say that women shouldn't go out and work. <laughs> right? They, they I, don't, I don't hear nobody say I that women shouldn't go somebody. out. Right? <laughs> so they don't, you know, people don't have problem with women going out to work. Um, but I do think people are having problems with women coming to the forefront now. Um, and they're not just, you know, again, not just in church, but in their jobs and their mm-hmm. careers, you know, their business owners. You have women that are bosses, right, you know. Right. Um, um, and true. you have bossed up. And this last year, help us tell us about your, you know, your business. I had some adventures, some projects that's coming together. Um, And Elder, it goes back to what knowing you're calling your gifts. And I, when I understood um, that my gift of exhortation, and that's actually what I walk in, I said, Lord, I learned to accept it and learn to uh, try to polish it and, you know, fully walk into that. But I have started, um, you know, a concierge service where I assist people that need um, anything from birthday parties to funeral services, church services, um, bar mitzvahs, weddings, (laughs) Uh, whatever you need. We have photographers, caterers, uh, decorators. Um, DJ people call me for t-shirt makers. Um, they have anything that you need. One-stop shop is what I'm trying to develop and what I am developing. And, um, yeah, so I'm doing that and trying to have more community service stuff as well. So wearing a lot of hats. Yes. yes it's, it's, it's definitely a lot. And also professional. I do have a full-time job. You do. Um, you do. That's really, you know, just got promoted. Thank you, Jesus, this year. Praise so Lord. that's Praise exciting. Yeah. And it's just keeping me on my toes, believe me. So, you know, it's, it's so just let's interesting. So let's talk about that, um, how the Lord has also, in the midst of you bossing up mm-hmm. and, um, you know, starting your own, not starting, you were already doing it, but, you know, to <laughs> Uh, I, I should say making it official, yes. a legal business mm-hmm. and um, even employing a few people, right? Yes. Well, you know, praise well, the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then the Lord up and blesses you to be promoted on your job. Yes. That's what happens when you say yes to God. <laughs> it does. I think when you start to, it's fearful to start, but when you say yes, everything else starts to fall in line. And I think that's the greatest thing that the enemy knows to try to get you from saying the yes and walk taking that first step because he knows once it happens, just like blah, 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 everything else comes in line for you. So let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like you're overwhelmed because you do wear so many hats? You are a wife, you have a full-time job, you just got promoted, you have greater responsibility, mm-hmm. you you started your own business officially yes. and it just took off. You you know, you mm-hmm. the Lord has blessed you with a lot yeah. of clients. Uh, um just that fast, just when you said yes, yeah, you know, when you made it official. So um, do you feel overwhelmed? At times, yes. At times I do. And just recently. And Minister. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just recently, um, my health showed up. I had um, had vertigo for like four weeks and I was like, Lord, where did this come from? Like, what is going on? And, you know, and God had blessed me to say, okay, this is some strategies that you can do to help. So yes. And self-care is very important. Please make sure um, you take care of yourself, even in whatever you do, you know, and learning to prioritize God first, husband next, and then everything else after that. So once I learned to walk in that, 
Mm-hmm. It puts things better in perspective for me. Awesome. 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 That's a great segue into mm-hmm. our end. Yeah. Um, leaving it. We can wear many hats yes. as women. And this is the season of the women. Yes. And we are doing great and mighty things. But at the end of the day, we're, we, we are, we're super women. You know, and it's nothing wrong with us being super women um, because God has made us that way. Praise the Lord. Um, But at the end of the day, you have to have self-care in order to be continue to be super women. You have to have self-care. So that was a great segue to our ending that, you know, we thank you for watching. We pray that this episode has blessed you or ministered to you or motivated you or inspired you in some kind of way because you are a super woman just like Evan. Angelus Freddie. <laughs> God bless you. And we look forward to meeting again on the set. Love you guys.